imagine. Hi everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Creative Poisson podcast. I am Mara De Los Santos, and I'm going to be your host for the month of October. I'm so excited for you guys to see what we have in store, and I really hope that you guys like it. Before we get started, I'm going to briefly introduce myself. I am a digital strategist and a model, and I was chosen as the host for this month because the topic that we will explore is transformation. So you may wonder what a digital strategist and a model have to do with transformation. Well, I am also part of a project called Melange. This project was founded in 2011 and it has the goal to promote diversity and self-love in and through fashion. And as we all know, fashion is all about the search for identity and how we continuously reinvent ourselves staying true to our own individuality and style. So we'll talk more about Melange in the final episode, where we will also have a very powerful interview with a very special guest. Uh, Stay tuned because it's amazing. Now, I'm going to introduce you to the creative directors of this podcast, Daniela Pavan and Tomaso Cartia. Hi guys. Hi everyone. <laughs> um, before I pass it back to you guys, I'm going to say a quick hello to Costanza Viasavetti. Um, Ciao, Costanza. Ciao, Costanza. Um, she and Daniela are the co-founders of Creative Poisson, and um, she's based in Italy though, so we can't have her here right now, but we can't wait to have her on the show in the future. Definitely. Thank you, Mara, first of all, for being our first host ever. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much. Yeah, I hope, I really hope this is just the beginning of a very exciting journey together. So quickly, a brief introduction about myself. As Mara said, I'm Daniela and I am an entrepreneur, a Forbes contributor, a design and innovation manager and strategic leader. As you guys, my guess from my accent, I was born and raised in Italy. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but I am now based in New York, where in addition to the creation of the Creative Poison podcast, I also covered the role of general manager at the Ad Store New York, which is a creative agency uh, that has the goal to improve every kind of customer experience through design and communication. In addition to that, I am a member of the Mac Lab, which means Lab for Management of Arts and Culture of Kafoskari University in Venice, Italy, and co-founder of the Kafoskari University Alumni Chapter of New York. And I collaborate with Ruler Art, which is an art gallery based in New York. So you're busy. Yes, quite a lot. <laughs> but I like it, yeah. you know me. Yeah. People always um, describe me as uh, a bridge builder uh, between the world of creatives and the business environment. So when we started talking about the idea of this podcast with Tommaso, I thought it would be a great opportunity for us to connect the dots between worlds that are apparently not related and to design collaborations, let's say, among fields that look so distant from each other. Usually, we link the word creativity to the concept of art, equating creative with artistic. Yeah. Um, The question now is, 
Do we think that only artists, creative directors or designers are blessed with the gift of creativity? So, <laughs> if yes, what about business people or lawyers or doctors? Are they not creative? Our assumption here is that we are all creative, no matter what. And we all have a huge creative potential that, in some of us, is just waiting to be reawakened. Creativity, in our opinion, is a great journey that can lead you to develop amazing new ideas and also unusual ways to solve your everyday problems. This is why we called this podcast Creative Poison. Poix is French for polka dot. So we want this to be a way to connect people, ideas, opportunities through creativity and imagination. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an awesome but challenging goal to achieve. I love the idea, though, of kind of convincing people that even if they're not in a creative field, that they can't be creative. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, yes. So, so yeah, definitely a big challenge, but I, I, oh, yeah. I, I think you guys can do it. Um, Thank Tomaso, you. Tommaso, uh, yeah. what do you have to say about well, it? Well, it's definitely a big challenge, but I am very thrilled. Uh, to be part of this immersive storytelling project with Daniela and, and with you, Mara. Uh, actually, because I consider myself first and foremost a storyteller. So I'm a journalist and a writer. So I, I had the chance, you know, throughout my career to uh, interview many different kind of artists, many different kind of people, um, cr creators. And um, so I was always involved with, with creativity since I was a, a little kid. And I kind of like stick with my creativity and I brought it into my business. So nice. I have, you know, I have, um, I'm happy that I, that I work with my creativity on my, on a daily basis. So as Daniela said, with this podcast, we aim to make creativity accessible to everyone and give you back the creative confidence that many of us seem to have lost. And we will try to offer you this by exploring a different topic every month and discuss it with wonderful hosts like you, Mara. Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> and you know what? Like We purposely uh, decided to go for all American hosts because for us, as being like Italians living in, in the United States, uh, it was important for us to nurture that exchange, the cultural exchange. And um, so to give voice to uh, this communication in between uh, Europe and the, and the United States. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, creativity and imagination are very precious gifts that we just need to learn how to use and go back to them. And we will try to do this by going back to the powerful tool of storytelling. Creative Poisson was born to unleash the power of stories as a way to connect to people, their lives and, and their ideas. Got it. Kind of like when you go to a movie theater or watch a play. Isn't it so amazing how we can kind of lose ourselves for a couple hours um, just by living through the people on stage or on the screen? Um, storytelling and creativity kind of, um, like you said, are given assets that we're basically born with, but a lot of people don't realize this. Um, we were definitely aware of it when we were kids, though. Yeah. Um, we just had like a different level of uh, creativity and awareness at that stage of our lives. Um, when we were kids, we used our imagination to play, to investigate the world around us, letting our ideas come to life and start to develop subconsciously our personal idea of ourselves and of the world around us. Yes, exactly. As I was uh, saying before, 
uh, you know, I utilize and I see creativity in everything that I do on a daily basis because also, you know, as a journalist, I see creativity in every single one of the stories that I, that I come across. Right. In the unique way of how we carry ourselves in between the known and, the, and also the unknown of life, so the mystery of it, and in between the material and the immaterial world. Guys, all of this sounds amazing. Um, I think it's such an interesting, unique podcast format to have a different topic every month, a different host every month, and to also kind of bring upon yourself the task of um, launching creativity back into people's minds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to introduce our topic for the month, which is... Transformation! transformation! Yay! Woo! <laughs> okay, why Transformation. Well, according to the dictionary, the meaning of the word is a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance, and it can also be known as a metamorphosis during the life cycle of an animal. So we are in October. We just um, began a seasonal shift. Um, This is like the quintessential time for change and transformation. The days are getting shorter and shorter. We're going to start shivering soon because summer is over. We're going to start changing our wardrobes, the way that we dress, grabbing our coats. Technically, if we were animals, uh, well, we are animals, but if we were like animal animals, um, we would go into hibernation. So it is indeed a transformative time. The season is full of changes with crops and fruits being gathered and leaves changing colors like red, yellow, orange, and then falling totally transforming the landscape in front of our eyes. Yes. Let's dive more into this subject. Absolutely. You know that like to um, to, to prepare for, for this specific topic, I went back a little bit of my you know, cal- classical studies that I did and I rediscovered that uh, actually the, the term uh, autumn that we use uh, in, in the English language com- uh, roots back to the Etruscan root A-U-T-U so Etru- Autu. Autu, exactly. Okay. You know, Etruscan were like one of the first Italian tribes in, in ancient uh, history. So, and it brings with it the meaning of the passing of the year. Then the Romans borrowed it, and that's how the Latin word Autumnus came about. Okay, Afterwards, it. during the medieval years, before the 16th century, harvest was the term people used to refer to the autumn. And the alternative word fall to address the season, which is the one, you know, that uh, in America it's mostly used, um, traces its origins back to the ancient Germanic languages with the meaning to fall from a height, like leaves when they fall from the trees or the rain from the clouds. All of this, of course, to describe a change, a passing and a transformation, which is our topic, right? So the word has gone through a transformation itself. Exactly. So it's a, tr- a transformation in within a transformation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And also, uh, there is an analogy between the transition from hot to cold weather and the concept of harvest. Plus, as you know, I come from the Italian countryside, so I'm very well connected with the concept of harvest. Right. And um, so there are so many folkloric traditions and stories uh, that we can refer to uh, talking about uh, harvest. For example, in Western cultures, and here I got prepared, (laughs) the personifications of autumn are often enchanting, represented by beautiful curvy female figures adorned by fruits, vegetables and grains. 
Many cultures celebrate autumnal harvest festivals and interesting echoes of these celebrations can be found also in the fall Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States, for mm -hmm. example. And one of the dominant moods of this celebration is a general sense of gladness, uh, thankfulness for the richness of the fruits and the gift of the earth. So here in the US, some of the most popular foods of the season include pumpkins. Like yeah. pumpkin spice, um, pumpkin bread. Yes, yes, I love the spreads also. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love everything that comes from this country. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so pumpkins are the emblem of the Halloween celebrations. And Halloween is uh, really a celebration of transformation that we don't really have in Italy. We actually imported, um, imported this as a sort of a trendy phenomenon. Uh, because, you know, everything that comes from the United States uh, is huge uh, also in our in our country but um uh, yeah uh, it's something that we didn't even traditionally celebrate interesting i'm very curious to hear how it was kind of transitioned into the italian culture yeah but before that i'm curious to know how you mara celebrate yeah. halloween yeah, so in the U.S., it's a huge, Halloween is a huge symbol of transformation. Um, we wear costumes, we go trick-or-treating. Um, I actually haven't gone trick-or-treating in years. <laughs> we can go um, this year. Yeah, we, we can go this year. Trick or um, imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> trick or imagine. Um, and we dress up in different costumes. Um, I'm trying to think back. I think one of my favorite costumes was a couple years ago with my fiancé where we dressed up as Jessica Rabbit. Or I was Jessica Rabbit and he was the rabbit. Wow. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was really fun and everyone, you know, was calling us Jessica Rabbit and the rabbit from the street, so it was great. Um, okay, so now your turn. How do you celebrate this in Italy? Well, now we celebrate it in a big way because, of course, like Daniela said, we borrowed kind of like the Halloween tradition from the, the American Halloween, Halloween tradition, but it's not like uh, historically, it's not our our tradition. Our is more of a Christian, uh, of a Christian tradition that um, you know. On the first of November, uh, we celebrate All Saints Day, and then on the second of November, we celebrate All Souls Day, meaning like we celebrate all the past ones, the dead ones, and our loved ones. Um, always, uh, of course, like in the theme of the cycle of death and, re and rebirth and transformation, as we are talking uh, right now, which is our subject, right? Um, but then again, as you said before, it's a transformation within a transformation because we're talking also transformation of culture and I'm like it's um, like certifications of culture because uh, at the end of the day, the term Halloween, can, uh, you know, roots back to uh, Halloween's even or Halloween's evening, which really means All Saints Eve. So again, all, sa all Saints, we celebrate All Saints and the Halloween term means that, All Saints Evening. So uh, the Christian and the pagan, pagan culture and the American Italian culture blended <laughs> together 
So there we go. We're not very different at all. Got at the end, right? <laughs> and so did you dress up as a kid? Uh, well, I did dress up once when I was a kid and a fabulous, very elegant hot couture costume. Okay. I was a mushroom. Oh my god. <laughs> but the most elegant one you would ever see in the history of Halloween celebrations. Oh my god. Probably the only mushroom ever in the history. <laughs> in the history. In the history. Yeah. Mushroom Tomaso. Oh my okay. god. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great. That's great. And uh, what would you say is behind the commercialization of Halloween? So I would say that, of course, like it became such a kind of like a lucrative also business yeah. and, a, and a pop a phenomenon. But what I see like deep inside uh, this, um, you know, the, the, the facade of the, of the Halloween celebration is very like kind of like our we facing our own demons and face, facing our own fears and deal with the concept of course of hell and the devil and everything like that so again going back to my classical studies you know the homer's odyssey right mm -hmm. so basically in, in this in the hero's journey in this case ulysses uh the hero needs like it's a rite of, of passage he needs to go into the hell and to go back to see his loved ones who passed away in this in this case it's uh, his mother uh, so he can like deal with his past, understand him himself more by that conversation, then can come back to earth like a renewed and a better man. And actually this concept was then like started and brought to, you know, let's say the pop culture by this uh, historian called uh, Joseph Campbell, who mm -hmm. in his book, the, the Hero's Journey, he studies this. And then George Lucas, the American director, kind of like, read, I think he read Campbell. And then he implemented the structure of the hero's journey into his own movies and his own stories. So wow. actually, the most famous, one of the most famous American movies in history, Star Wars, is based on those studies. So that for you, again, to link, you know, the Western and Eastern culture all together. And also to understand how uh, basically Halloween is linked uh, to, to transformation and also the iconography of death is really an iconography of, of transformation and passing. So actually, you know, there's the death card in the tarot deck. So you might think that it's like, okay, well, I'm going to die. Like it's the end. Of, it's the end. It's the end. No, no, no. It's, it's exorcising. So basically the death means transformation. So it's actually a good thing. So when you see the death in your reading, it means that it's something beautiful. Gonna, you're going to transform. So death okay. and rebirth. So that's uh, what uh, what you know um, is all about. This cultural studies that I that I went through in my childhood and adolescence, and also in Italy we have another wonderful festival and festivity that it's about transformation, and which is the carnival and specifically the, the Venetian carnival. And we are so kind of like lucky that Daniela comes from there, so she can tell <laughs> all about it. Yeah, exactly. And Tommaso, as you just said, in Italy we, we celebrate transformation by wearing masks and costumes in Carnival, which is not in November, but in February. So, Mara, have you ever been to the Venetian Carnival? I've been to Venice, but not the Carnival. Okay, but you know you know about the Carnival. And... A, a little bit. Okay. Um... Me too. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been there? I've been to Venice once, never to the carnival. My bad, I'm Italian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, 
Carnival is, um, let, let, let's uh, explore a little bit, uh, um, you know, what we do during Carnival. Okay, sure. So it's a very, very famous uh, celebration in Venice and it represents a unique trait of the city, which is part with creative transformation. So it's a pure spectacle of masks and costumes and chariots parading all over the city. And mask making actually is a very distinctive artisanal art in Venice uh, and a tradition that makes a carnival a truly unique representation of the concept of transformation. So masks and costumes were a way for people in the past to transform themselves and to hide and eliminate any social status differences and barriers. And uh, apparently, it was also allowed to make a mockery of the aristocrats. Carnival became pretty popular in international, uh, internationally um, during the 18th century. And during that time in Venice, uh, we, uh, we had also Casanova, who used to live there. And you mm. might have heard about him and his love affairs. So during Carnival, uh, he loved, uh, you know, uh, using masks to camouflage himself and uh, uh, unleash his promiscuous behaviors totally undercover, but under the sun. Interesting. Is that like the masks that they give you when you go to Sleep No More? Well, let's say kind of, okay. but at Sleep No More, uh, the members of the audience uh, uh, using masks, they basically lose their individuality and become part of the same entity. In Venice, instead, people wear masks uh, to be different. So it's impossible to clearly detect uh, who is behind the mask and the camouflage allows you to be exactly who you wish to be, even if for just a single night. Got it, okay. Very interesting. Yeah, and to give you a little bit of additional details, the original Venetian masks were very, very simple in terms of design and decoration compared to the masks that you can find today in Venice. And they, they, they had more of a symbolic and practical fun function. Today, most masks are made with porcelain, leather and gold leaf and usually hand-painted using natural feathers and gems. The, the masks are really art pieces. And when you wear a Venetian costume and the mask, it's like you become a living art piece yourself. So Carnival is a beautiful celebration of transformation and gives people back the creative power to, and the freedom also to be whoever they want to be. And fashion does something similar on a daily basis, right Tommaso? Yes, absolutely. And actually, actually I do believe that uh, the Venetian carnival is fashion. It's fashion yes. per se, yes. so fashionable, so beautiful. I agree, just to watch. and thank you for saying that. Oh no, you're welcome, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, yeah, I do believe that fashion is indeed, uh, you know, it traces a transformation of our society uh, emblazoned down in a timely piece of fabric. So uh, it's very interesting to go dive into, uh, uh, the, you know, the history of fashion and then coming like to more of our contemporary times. I had the chance for my job, you know, to go to New York, New York's Fashion Week nice. this year. And I felt like that the, the trend... Of, of the moment it's really like to 
uh, explore the themes of integration and kind of like cultural exchange, which is something that I feel we all feel right now, which is like a hot topic that we need yeah. to focus on. And that's why, you know, I, I, I thought about it uh, also about Melange and, mm -hmm. and our encounter with Mara. Yes. It's all f feeling, you know, um, a, a very timely thing mm -hmm. that it's uh, on now. One of the shows that, that really kind of like mesmerized me was this uh, called Health Sack, which is like an um, all Asian fashion designers. It's, it's, okay. a, it's a collective of, of, of designers. They're very young. They're millennials, so that's what, what struck me. And they bring into their fashion like this uh, conversation in between the Western culture and the Eastern culture. And they do it by uh, implementing uh, the, the symbols of the Chinese zodiac with um, the, the, the motives and the archetypes of the Renaissance gardens with the angels and, uh, you know, like these Greek temples and stuff like that, gold. Um, so it's interesting again to see like how fashion wants to tell, wants to deliver a, a message, which is yes. like togetherness. Let's be together. Let's right. stick together. Yeah. So I I love that. I love that. Wow, that sounds so beautiful. Yeah, um, I definitely have to check it out. You should. You should. Have yeah. you? Did you see that one? No, actually, but I'm curious. Yeah. I wanna. Yeah, I wanna. I wanna check it out too, and I wanna discover what uh, uh, these guys do because. Yeah. It, it sounds very interesting. It's very interesting. It's very, it's very modern. It's very hip. So cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So continuing on our journey, transformation is something that of course changes within yourself and allows you to see things in a different way. Um, I know that you, Daniela, are a very, very big theater connoisseur yes. <laughs> and you're actually also studying acting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, what show would you say has transformed you? Well, you know, Mara, this is a very interesting question. And speaking about how transformation can change you from the inside, did you guys uh, go to Broadway to see Seawall Alive? I haven't. I haven't, but you talked to me like so much about it that I feel <laughs> like I did. <laughs> so it's a piece made of two thematically linked monologues performed by uh, Tom Sturridge and Jake Gyllenhaal and directed by Carrie Cracknell. It was on Broadway this summer at the Hudson Theatre and it, ju it just um, recently ended. Okay, so, so we missed it. We missed it. Yeah, unfortunately you did. Hopefully they will do it again. Uh, let's see. Um, and it's a very intimate show where the two actors speak directly to the audience during both their monologues. And the central theme of the play is vulnerability and how it can transform the way you see things and how you react to life's events. Um, we, we often think about vulnerability as a form of weakness, me too sometimes, honestly. And however, I start to believe that it can become a strength if you're not scared to face it. Um, the monologues explore how life's unpredictable events can change your perspective of life, making you happy, sad, and all the different spectrum of emotions, and force you to operate a change. Doesn't matter if you want it or not. Hmm. So transformation in this case is really something that you cannot escape from, and. Uh, and it's, um, it's actually up to us to take it in a bad or in a good way. 
So at the end, it's our own decision to embrace our vulnerabilities or to hide them. Going back to the show, in Seawall, Tom Sturridge is Alex, uh, so a young man in love with his wife and uh, their young daughter Lucy. And he, he also has a very good relationship with his father-in-law, who is a, a retired British soldier. And Alex and his family accepted an invitation from, from the man to join him in France for a, for a vacation. And uh, the vacation is very fun and light, but then something suddenly happens and changes when Alex experiences for the first time in his life the sight of a deep sea wall dropping hundreds of feet. And like uh, a review from the Hollywood Reporter reads, the, the sea wall is also a metaphor for the way um, that life can suddenly drop beneath our feet. A single shattering event, of course, that has clearly reduced this once ebullient young man to the tortured soul we see before us. And that is actually what you see on stage. It's real. Um, on the other side, instead, we have Jake Gyllenhaal, who plays Abe, so a character who lives and shares two different stories at the same time. In one of them, he experiences the sadness of witnessing his father dying of a heart disease condition. And in the other one, instead, he shares his happiness uh, about becoming a, the father of a baby girl. Two opposite stories, two opposite situations, very transformative. Two situations that can make you very vulnerable and change you a lot as a person and uh, uh, as a human being, because both of them have a lot um, of over overwhelming emotional distress and also the necessity to take on responsibilities on your shoulders. And both of them actually um, are related to the fact that uh, you have to deal with the cycle of life, the cycle of death and birth, which are two crucial rights in everybody's life. Yeah. And in the play, Abe suddenly says this line that I would like uh, Mara to read because your English is much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then mine. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Abe says, I don't understand why we prepare so fucking wonderfully and elaborately for birth, and yet so appallingly and haphazardly for death. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a very interesting statement. Yes, and a very strong one. Yeah. Which uh, actually um, reflects what the play, what the monologue want to, to put on the table and the concept of vulnerability. Okay. Interesting. That kind of reminds me of what Brene Brown said about vulnerability. She said, It is about showing up and being seen. It's tough to do that when we're terrified about what people might see or think. So, um, you know, as we all know, we're all born vulnerable. Um, and it's something that, um, you know, we typically fear. Um, and our relationship with vulnerability requires a shift in our awareness to strengthen our emotional well-being. Um, so building up walls because we are trying to protect ourselves from um, our vulnerable sides actually prevents others from seeing our true nature. And as humans, we are imperfect. We're all imperfect. Um, 
And, um, you know, embracing that is really a transformation that is powerful and can really transform ourselves. Um, it can really transform relationships um, and it will transition you to become your real and authentic you. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And also, this connects very well with the concept of creative confidence, which is about believing in our ability to create change and improve things around us without hiding our vulnerable sides, but actually leveraging on those sides to, to, to make an impact. What do you guys think? Okay, so definitely I do believe that a creative confidence is a key word also in our journey, in our like these four episodes that we are like um, about to, to explore. And, um, and actually, yes, vulnerability is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to you know, confront ourselves and transform ourselves and come back empowered from it. So that's what I, that I experienced that in my own, you know, my own journey, my own life. So I can't wait to explore more about this topic. And actually next episode, like Daniela will be, uh, you know, um, uh, talking about this from the more from a business perspective. So to give us like practical tools uh, to how to use creativity in order to, to better our business life, our, our work life. And then afterwards, and creative problem solving too. And, and creative problem solving, Always which important. is like, yeah, <laughs> I, I would need that. I would need, I will need to listen to Daniel's podcast. Um, and then like uh, on the other episode, my episode, which we called, uh, we, this Daniela's episode, we called the creative bridge and mine will be co uh, called the uh, creative bean. We're going to be diving more in depth about like humanistic matters and cultural and pop agricultural pop culture and classical studies as well yeah. a little bit um okay so i guess this is it for our episode um stay tuned for the next podcast where we will delve more into the theme of transformation in our creative bridge episode with daniela so now before you take your headphones out make sure to follow creative poison on social media as well at creative P-O-I-S underscore on and start connecting your polka dots and let creativity and imagination be with you always. Ready, Ready set, set, imagine! imagine.